Welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. This is the podcast designed to help you lead your life enthusiastically today, tomorrow, and every other day. I am your host, Ron Kaiser, positive health psychologist, and also author of the triple award-winning book, Rejuvenating the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. I'm also a keynote and TEDx speaker, and my website is The Mental Health Gym. It's your source of all kinds of information regarding positive psychology, my own particular spin on it that I call goal-achieving psychology, rejuvenating, all kinds of things related to wellness. It's also the place where you can communicate with me and even suggest guests for future podcasts. As listeners to the podcast know, my goal on a weekly basis is to bring you guests who are not only interesting and informative, but who lead their own lives with enthusiasm. And from their particular specialty or orientation, they have ways of helping us to become the best versions of ourselves. And I can't think of a better person to do that than our guest this week. Dr. Ruben Chen is a physical medicine and rehab physician. He specializes in pain management, sports, uh, sports medicine, and Chinese medicine. He's also affiliated with Sunrider, which is, well, I think we'll let him tell you about what Sunrider does because it can supplement your physical and mental health. Uh, Dr. Chen resides in Texas. I think he's a recent Texan. And uh, he's really, really informative. Uh, looking forward to what you have to offer, Ruben. So, Dr. Chen, Ruben, welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. So much looking forward to our conversation. Thank you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. Well, I know you're really good at what you do, and you wear several hats in this regard. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned. Chinese medicine. And I know I, I've seen this distinction between Western medicine and Chinese medicine. And uh, so we're not doing guesswork about it. Can you explain a little bit about what's offered by the two types of medicine in general, and maybe even more specifically in your particular specialty? Yeah. So Western medicine, I think most people are familiar with that Western medicine is what's mainly shared in the United States and most like European countries based on um, you know, Western pharmacological standards. Lots of the research out there is based off of this, like uh, Journal of uh, American Medical Association or British Journal of Medicine. So um, that basically is uh, what I would say is a very, is a, reductive form of medicine. So they want to, Western medicine wants to find that one thing or maybe the one couple of things that influences maybe a, a disease or can be used to help treat a disease. So it's sort of a very reductionist that tries to isolate that one thing. Chinese medicine, it's been around for 5,000 plus years. My father is a Chinese herbalist, and he started Sunrider as a herbal health food company. 
And uh, based a lot of that on Chinese medicine and Chinese medicine's approach is maybe more of a macro opinion. So uh, its approach is more overall trying to see how a bunch of things may connect. Can be sort of difficult for those two languages to combine because Chinese medicine, instead of finding maybe direct cause and effect, their concept is more what are the relationships between these things. So if you see somebody who does Chinese medicine, they may say things like evaluate your personality, um, what kind of things make you hot, make you cold, and it can make people feel a little bit odd. You'd say like, what, what, what does that have to do with anything? If I'm hot, how does that have to do with how I'm feeling? But it, what it, they do is try to build relationships and that's how they figure out how to give you your best treatment. So that that's probably a, an overall perspective about sort of what are the differences or philosophies between Chinese and Western medicine. Okay, that, that's real helpful. Is does Chinese medicine have the same like specialties, or is it kind of an overall philosophy that applies to different to to the various specialties? Yeah, so Chinese medicine itself does have its own specializations. So you may have somebody that is maybe specialized in herbal herbal medicine. Uh, you have somebody who's very good at acupuncture. Some people may be really focused on Chinese massage for healing purposes. So has those type of things. It is definitely not as specialized as Western medicine. Like myself, I'm I'm a physical medicine rehabilitation physician. So and there like are fellowships even in my field, which is already a specialty in Western medicine. So it's not as specialized. Most Chinese medicine practitioners are have a maybe a a general understanding of all of those areas, but may focus more particularly in one area or another. Okay, great. So just from a practical standpoint, if I, uh, as seems to happen every decade or two, if if I hurt my low back and come see you, what will you do from your perspective, having, you know, both orientations to, to try and find out, you know, how I should go about the, dealing with this? Yeah, so my approach, which actually is one of the reasons why I was attracted to this specialty, is that it's one of the few specialties that really tries to take that more of a holistic approach to the patient. But um, it, when you're being evaluated for back pain, there's so many different causes for back pain. And in general, most of the time, it's multifactorial, related to posture, maybe related to activities could be related to body habitus if you've lost too much weight or you are too heavy so and can be related to diet so usually in those circumstances i try to get a really broad history try to figure out some of the reasons for your back pain and then do a pretty thorough physical exam so physical exams these are sort of our bread and butter to really try and isolate the causes of the pain and then after you figure that out, uh, talk about the causes of the pain with the patient. And it's really important whenever you go to see a doctor that you feel like you're a team player and that the doctor gives you some avenues. So 
usually somebody comes to see me, they are trying to avoid surgery, but I always give them that as an option, you know, but these are the general options that they have going from most conservative to most invasive, some of the risks and benefits of each approach, and then discuss, you know, what are the likely outcomes if you choose one way or another? Well, I do have to say that uh, of all the specialties, yours is my favorite because guys like you have helped and women like you have helped me avoid several surgeries. Most recent, uh, the rotator cuff tear that uh, went through the rehab and was really, uh, I feel no need for surgery. Hopefully I, I don't suffer a fall or something that that would provoke <laughs> it more but i mean it's happened yeah. numerous times so it's back with other kinds of things and i just and just generally uh uh in talking with uh physical medicine physicians their approach toward wellness prevention things of that nature so much mirrors the positive psychology approach that a really as I said, you are my favorites. I don't don't say this to every every guest. But every guest is a appreciate it. Not, not every specialty is, but so that leads me to the question of, of your own personal journey. I'm always interested in how somebody becomes who they are. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about it? Without you don't have to overindulge what you don't want to. But how how'd you get to this point? Well, so when I was younger, I would say my parents were uh, pretty aggressive with wanting me to do well in my studies. So when I was young, I think I'd always thought that I would become a doctor. I was, had some natural talents and sciences. So when I entered medical school, I had actually thought that I would be either a surgeon or a pediatrician, which are, I know are really two different fields, yeah. but I just said sort of, um, I like working with my hands and I like children. So I just figured I'd probably go into one of those areas. When I got into medical school though, what I realized really quickly is that being a surgeon is fun, but you don't sleep at all. <laughs> They'll work for 48 hours straight and then they, We'll go for a nap and then they'll continue on. And I like sleep. And also with pediatrics, it was a little bit different. I Most doctors train to leave their emotions and everything at home. And then you come to work and you're, and whatever happens at work, you don't bring home with you. And in general, I was really good with that, except for pediatrics. I had a hard time separating myself. I, I don't um, sick children are a tough one for me. And, uh, yeah, I just, I have a hard time with sick children. It makes me feel I have five kids of my own and it's really hard to separate yourself in those areas and be completely emotionally detached and being able to think very logically. So when I was sort of figuring out what I would do, a friend of mine introduced me to the field of physical medicine and rehab and, um, I already had an interest in Chinese medicine. Uh, I became certified in acupuncture. So I wanted to find a field that would allow me to practice some Chinese medicine and still have a more open-minded approach to health. And I did physical medicine and really fell in love with it almost immediately. And one of the things that I really thought was different 
is the approach to what I would say is uh, functional medicine and quality of life medicine versus quantity of life medicine. Like quantity of life is just making you live longer, but not live healthier. And um, I was very interested in more of a functional approach, making sure people as they age are able to take care of themselves, be independent. I mean, these are things that you want out of your life, um, along with having a good quality of life. So I, I didn't really see that in a lot of fields of medicine. And and this was the field of medicine that really, that seemed to be their main philosophy that separated them from other fields of medicine. So I did it and didn't regret it at all. I enjoyed, I really enjoyed my residency and my training, uh, which is uncommon. I think for most medical doctors actually like residency. So, and uh, I've, I've had a, I've had a good experience practicing since then. Okay. That's, that's wonderful. Glad to always glad to see somebody enthusiastic about what they're doing. So let's get to some concrete things. First of all, if somebody comes to see you, what are the possible things that you might do once you've evaluated them? Are you treating them? Do you refer them to physical therapist? Do you give them some kind of lifestyle management plan? Uh, what does the post-evaluation uh, look like with, uh, with you? So let, it sort of depends on, on what we're talking about. So let's say the, like a back pain, which is super common. So we'll do an evaluation. Um, I personally think that physical therapy and exercise are one of those things are very important um, I also, for me personally, really value doing a diet evaluation, trying to evaluate what they're eating and they're just typical daily activities. So usually I evaluate sort of their function, how, how they're able to do certain movements. Um, I'll look at maybe their posture. And then usually I do recommend some physical therapy. Uh, I'm pretty specific. Most Physical medicine doctors are actually quite specific when they give recommendations to physical therapy on specific kind of exercises that I want them to focus on. And usually what I tell people with physical therapy and exercises is these are exercises that people should anticipate doing for the rest of their life just for benefit and longevity. If uh, they come back and their physical therapy hasn't been progressing as well, I may suggest different types of injections. Uh, I, I really like, for example, platelet-rich plasma or PRP, help the body to heal itself. But I'm also not opposed to surgery as well. So if somebody comes and there's like damage to their spinal cord or maybe the nerves coming out of their spine and they need to see a surgeon, I definitely will uh, recommend that person to see a surgeon. I, I, I work with a neurosurgeon right now and um, yeah, I definitely have patients that have maybe severe spinal stenosis or something like that. And they, that person will need surgery. Now, the surgeon I work with, though, she tends to be quite conservative, wants to obviously really believes in function of the patient as well. So finding a, somebody, a surgeon that the physical medicine doctor can trust, that's definitely something that we, we keep our eyes out for. So, so yeah, I, I try to go from the most conservative, usually involves, you know, exercise and diet to 
maybe more invasive, may require some injections to obviously last scenario is surgery, but we try to manage it as conservatively as possible. But obviously, if surgery is necessary, it is necessary. Okay, that's a real clear explanation. Thank you for that. I, I mentioned that I know a little bit about Sunrider, but uh, not a whole lot. So where does Sunrider supplements, herbal things, where, where's that enter the picture? I'm assuming that has that there is some coordination with, with the kind of work you do in the office. Well, actually, I, I try to, in my office, separate as much. I never want to feel like I'm pushing anything on any of my patients. I, I think it's really important for patients to feel like I am there as a consultant. I'll give them my opinions on things, but of course, the patient has the option to make their own choices. So I try my best not to uh, push anything on patients. Sunrider is a company that my family started about, this is coming up on their 40th year. In Sunrider, um, we have all kinds of supplements from like herbal toothpaste to like vegan protein powders. And as somebody who really values diet and exercise, I think Sunrider is definitely something that melts well into my own personal philosophy of health. Uh, I really think that trying to find the best foods and supplements are really important for longevity. For us in Sunrider, I mean, I help help with development of some of the products there. And we try to find and develop products that are the cleanest. We do all our own manufacturing and also because of the way we develop our products, which is sort of a blend of Chinese medicine and Western medicine, we want it to be effective. Sometimes I feel with some supplements, they just sort of throw some things together uh, that look good on a label, but maybe the person when they're using it doesn't have as much of a, they don't feel the difference or they don't notice any differences. For us, we really focus on right kind of formulation along with really concentrating our herbs and other ingredients so that when you're using it, you feel you feel the difference, you, you look better, you feel better. Uh, these are things that probably set Sunrider apart from other supplement companies. So, but yeah, so, so that's sort of a rundown about how Sunrider and their philosophy probably connects with my own, which is pretty close. <laughs> Okay, good. That brings me to a question that I, I often ask physicians because I get a range of opinions from people saying that, well, if you eat healthy, uh, as if people do, then you you don't need supplements to people saying, well, you know, there's no downside to taking a multivitamin and mineral, at least to some people who, uh, some physicians who prescribe it you know, in a very specialized manner and stuff like that. And uh, whether we're talking Sunrider or any other good supplements, does the average person need them? Or at what point do you need them? Does it change during the lifespan or what? So that's a good question about when people use supplements or what's the purpose. So it probably has to do with how you perceive your diet. So I do have a lot of patients that think that their diet is great. I've never had, I have a few patients that are honest that say, oh, I don't have a great diet. 
but most people will say, oh, my diet is fantastic. And um, I had a patient of mine, she was vegetarian and she had a hard time losing weight. I asked her to make a food journal and she said, no, no, you trust me, I, I'm amazing. Three months went by, we tried to help her with weight loss and she wasn't able to do it. Finally, she did a, a, a journal and I found that she'd be consuming maybe probably 5,000 plus calories per day. She said that she was vegetarian and that there, there wasn't an issue. So when you look at food pyramids in general, like in the United States, it's really people focus on the macros like protein, fat, carbohydrates. Other countries don't view it quite the same way. So for example, in like Japan, their food, I wouldn't say pyramid, but the recommendation for society is you should eat food every time you eat should have at least seven different colors inside the food. The reason is, is that the colors of food, for example, like a radish or a blueberry, and then your meat or something, that every color actually contains different types of antioxidants and minerals and such. So I think our typical American diet is lacking that kind of variety. And so I think that's actually important to help supplement that. And when people have more variety in their diet, they notice they have better mood, more energy, even though it may not fit into that so many carbohydrates or so many fats thing. And so like, for example, in Sunrider, our focus is to bring in a, a variety of different types of herbs that are concentrated. So that sort of fills in those nutritional gaps, like our we have a protein powder called SunFit Protein Plus, and it has vegan protein, but on top of that, it has this collection of concentrated herbs, like, like 10 or 15 different herbs that are concentrated and added to it to help round out that diet, to help give, give in maybe more of a holistic approach. And people have noticed once you start filling in those gaps inside diets, people are able to lose weight faster and uh, they have more energy and their mood improves. So variety, I would say, is what is lacking in American diets. So that's where supplements come into play is to help fill in that variety deficit. And are there any uh, among the hundred or couple hundred popular diets that comes close to meeting your objectives for what a healthy diet is, or we're going to fall short I, no matter what we do. I would say, you know, I, I don't know of any that uh, really focus on variety in the way that I think I, I think about it. I, obviously I'm thinking about it maybe more in the Chinese medicine perspective. So I, I would lean more towards an Asian diet. You know, I know a lot of people They'll focus on a wide variety of fruits and vegetables along with meats. And I, and I think that that's generally pretty good. I sometimes see that people uh, lack enough fat in their diet, which is also important. So variety, I, I think, you know, you don't have to have a special diet. Uh, variety is something that you can just sort of keep in the back of their mind. I don't think in, for example, in like Japan, they're not specifically saying, well, I need so many things that are pink and some things that are blue and some things that are green. They just have this general sense that they need to have variety in their diet. And I think that that's, that's, 
probably better than strictly sticking to a diet plan. Really fascinating, real interesting concept. What about those half or so of listeners that are in life's second half century from not necessarily a diet standpoint, but from a physical medicine standpoint and just a general health and wellness standpoint? Are there uh, some things that you can recommend that we, meaning me, my contemporaries and I, should be doing that uh, can yeah, That's be a good question. Yeah, so... If somebody is older, I think there are a couple of things that they, if you go see a physician, you do your annual visits and checkups to really pay attention to hormone levels in the body, uh, specifically like thyroid, testosterone, estrogen levels. I think that's actually quite important. I was reading a study that found that I think for men, 80 to 90% of all rotator cuff injuries and tears come with people who have below average testosterone levels, below for their age. So it's really important to have good hormonal balance. There are a number of supplements and activities that can help with that, but the main activity is going to be exercise. So anything that helps to help build muscle and maintain lean muscle, that's going to be very important. So a lot of people used to think as people age, they couldn't build muscle. Um, but it's actually, you know, what they find is if you give somebody who is 70 years old a weightlifting plan, they will get atrophy, uh, they will get hypertrophy of muscle the same as a younger person. Maybe a little take a little bit more time, but it's really important to help build muscle to help with weightlifting routines or some kind of resistance exercise. So that kind of activity. Uh, along with having maybe a more of a higher protein diet as you get older, I think it's very important. And uh, in terms of the exercise, there's the, the muscle building resistance ones, any other things that we should be doing at this age? I have a personal uh, affinity towards yoga. Um, I think core strength is really important along with good balance. As people age, typically the balance starts to starts to decrease. Part of it is related to uh, nerve damage that can happen as you get older. So it's really important to do things like yoga that emphasize balance and core strength. So it prevent falls and it can also help in general with longevity. So great. What about uh, the other end of the age spectrum? If uh... For those parents who are listening, who have younger children, uh, just from a, again, from a lifestyle management standpoint, what can they do to help their kids reduce the chances of having to see somebody like you too frequently? Well, helping children to stay active, I think is going to be really important. If you have a local jungle gym or even in your home to allow kids to crawl and to be able to move, there has been new research that shows that physical activity is almost as important as cognitive activity in developing a brain. So if you don't have those physical inputs, um, the brain doesn't develop as well. So making sure kids have good physical activity and then their diet, people are, I think, especially for children, they should have a higher fat diet. And it sounds 
counterintuitive, especially if you're trying to help them to lose weight. But if you decrease the amount of sugar that they they intake and increase the amount of fat, it helps with brain development because uh, the brain itself is 60 to 70% fatty acids. And as a brain is developing, they need that additional fat to help with brain development. So having a good fatty diet for a child, along with lots of physical activity, I think that's going to help the most. Okay, great. Well, that's, that's really interesting advice that uh, I'm sure not necessarily seems intuitive to a lot of people, but uh, it doesn't sound intuitive. I, and I totally understand that, but that, that those things are what the research has been showing more and more. So, yeah, well, it's only been in the last few years. I've been conscious of what seemed like an oxymoron people talking about healthy fats and uh, mm-hmm. there, there obviously are such things and, and probably pretty necessary. All right. I think the final of the general questions I have for you is if somebody injures themselves or even if they don't know that they injured themselves, they woke up and uh, suddenly they've got back pain or leg pain or something like that. There are, I don't know, maybe a half dozen specialties and general practitioners that I guess somebody could choose to go to who should they go to first? And more specifically, in your case, who is the type of patient who should go directly to you? So that sort of will depend on people's insurance plan. A lot of times insurance may require somebody to go first to their primary care physician, and then they get referred to somebody else. If you have the option of choosing somebody and you've hurt yourself, then probably a physician like myself is a good first person to come in contact with, especially for an injury or pain or something that has changed your um, ability to move for some reason. The reason is that our, our, our specialty focuses on doing the physical exam, getting the x-rays, MRI studies to really figure out what's going on. And our focus is going to be more on trying to get you better without surgery, but still having that surgery option open. So yeah, if you can go from uh, your primary care doctor to come and see somebody like me, I think that's probably going to benefit you in the long run. If you have the option to come directly to a physician like me, that'll probably save you some time. Okay, great. Uh, and I assume that the nature of the exam that you do probably requires that you come into the office. Uh, are there some things online that can help people to, uh, you know, either maintain a, a basic level of wellness or can, you know, assuming that, that we've got some minor aches and pains, are, are there some things that you recommend online, whether it be medical or, or otherwise? So I, I'm really interested in functional abilities. So YouTube is actually amazing or other, other websites where you can see there are a lot of physical therapists out there that show different types of exercises to help with different types of aches and pains. Um, they usually are differentiated between like your back or your knees, your shoulders, you can see different kinds of exercises. One of the, one of the issues though, is sometimes you don't know what you're treating. So seeing a physician, at least getting a diagnosis 
and figuring out what you have that will help you in doing your home your own home exercise program. So you know, for example, if you have knee pain, is the knee pain coming from a meniscal tear or is it coming from patellofemoral syndrome? That these are two different causes for knee pain itself and the approach is a little bit different. So trying to figure out the exact cause, that's something that usually is you have to come and see a doctor for that. But if they say, you know, just go home and do exercises, then you know what you're going to do specifically exercises for. And YouTube is just full of stuff that can definitely help you out. Great. Well, we unfortunately are running out of time. There's so much great information you've provided. And uh, I know you can get more, but can you tell us uh, a little bit about how people can learn about you, whether you're on social media, uh, how they can learn more about Sunrider and and uh, your uh, herbs and supplements and so on, uh, so that we can uh, we can help to keep people healthier. Yeah. So I have a podcast. It's Vital Signs at uh, Vital Signs Podcast. It's actually on the Sunrider YouTube channel, so you can follow us on YouTube and. We're a Sunrider. Uh, you can come to directly to sunrider.com if you want to check out our supplements. We're also on Facebook and Instagram as well. So if you want to see more you know, discussion about my opinions about different medical topics, you can definitely check out our podcast and also our Sunrider YouTube videos as well. In general, if, you're inter- if you want to see a doctor like me, uh, look up physical medicine and rehabilitation we physicians like me all over the United States and uh, we're specially trained for, again, what I would consider functional medicine. So, and that's, and that's something I know it's a little bit unique, but uh, I think it's really necessary today. Great. Great. Well, it's, I mean, again, it's been really, really informative. And uh, if somebody is lucky enough to live near you, you're located where in Texas? Yeah, so I work at a clinic. It's called Health at Last Fort Worth. So it's a clinic based in downtown Fort Worth. So Health at Last Fort Worth. Check us out. Uh, I think it's healthatlast.com. And you can check out Fort Worth, and that's that's where we're located. And uh, yeah, you can make an appointment there and uh, come and see us. And I'll be happy to see uh, if I can help out in any way. Great. Well, terrific. You've shared so much terrific information. All the uh, contact information will be in the show notes. So listeners can follow up for whether it be anything from trying to see about making an appointment if they're in the area to supplements, to herbs, to uh, social media. I was fortunate enough to be interviewed by Dr. Chen myself, so I can attest to the quality of the podcast and what a great uh, interviewer he is. Is there anything you think I should have asked you but didn't, Ruben, before we quit? You ask a lot of good questions. Uh, I I think that's pretty good. Well, I think think that if anybody obviously has any questions, that they could just, uh, they definitely can reach out on our social media channels, but I really, probably the number one thing, if you are concerned about a doctor that you are seeing, it's okay to get a second opinion. 
And that's probably the thing I also recommend the most to people is if you see a doctor and you're not sure about what they're saying, it's okay to get a second opinion. It's your health and a doctor is a consultant that works with you. So definitely get a second opinion on anything that you need. Yeah, great advice because nobody has the same vested interest in you that you do. And if you don't advocate for yourself, you increase the chances of dissatisfaction. So it's, uh, you know, I always encourage people to be good patients, to listen, to try and not necessarily figure out why this person isn't doing what I would do if I were them, but uh, to just process the information and recognize that there are other doctors out there if if you have questions. But this has been absolutely both delightful and informative, and I am so appreciative to you, Ruben, for joining with us, sharing so much wisdom, and somewhere down the road, Hopefully we can have another conversation like this because, uh, you know, it's been great. And for the listeners, thank you once again for being with us. Uh, I hope that you've processed the information, re-listen to the podcast, tell your friends about it, and download, rate, and review the podcast. That's how podcast grows, and particularly when we have such wonderful information to give to others. And hopefully hopefully you won't have to use too much of the injury-related information, the pain management information, but a lot of the wellness information is something you can start using today. And then be back next week when we have another really interesting guest who will help us to lead our own lives in a healthy, enthusiastic manner, become the best version of ourselves. And remember, visit the website, mentalhealthgym.com. If you haven't picked up your copy of Rejuvenating the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm, that's still available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other such places. And remember, stay active, stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll see you next week.